Korsh. Welcome to Word Tetris. I'm glad to long, be. Long, long time coming. You know, we've been trying to set this up for months. Years. Decades. Well, decades. We've been trying to set this up longer than you've had suits on the air. Yes, yes. Since before <laughs> we've ever met, we've been trying to set this up. Yes. You know, I was just regaling Aaron because, you know, I come into these offices, you know, various uh, showrunners offices. Sometimes I'm in the conference room. Sometimes they put me in their actual office. And uh, Aaron didn't realize he put me in a room with his whiteboard. <laughs> We've just spoiled episode 805 for Merrill. He knows everything. I won't happen. say a word. I promise I'm not saying a word, but I will say I am shocked a certain decision is being made because <laughs> I never thought I'd see the day. But this is a perfect transition uh, that I want to get to in a second. Quill uh, paperwork before we start. Uh, first 20 minutes of this episode will be going out for free. Uh, that'll be on wordtetris.com, iTunes, uh, uh, Google podcast any all your favorite podcatchers you'll get the first 20 minutes for free if you want the full episode head over to patreon.com slash word tetris sign up for a dollar an episode on that tier you get the full episode sign up for three dollars an episode uh you get the uh full episode plus a bonus episode that we'll be recording soon that will be coming out tomorrow um so anyway um, Can I just say I'm going to save all the good stuff for the last 20 minutes. I'm going to tear my answers, so we're, we're gearing them up. Yeah. yeah. So okay. Oh, Ellen, quickly, uh, your Twitter, a course nine, correct? Uh, yes, a course nine. Yes, yes. Is your Twitter? Okay. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Twitter concept Merrill Bar M E R R I L L B A R R. Now, yes, K O R S H. Now, no C. I've talked a lot about rewriting from the perspective of the scripts. Right. But this is a perfect example where what the thing that I can't talk about that is that that board talks about. Yeah. Um, you're doing something that I don't think you ever imagined you'd do. 100 percent. There's 100%. no way. Well, given what that given how important this thing is to this character. Listen, the thing is, we never imagined you'd go. We never even thought of, that this character would have this character trait in the first place. So obviously them making the decision to. So give up this thing that's so important that we never of the re- How much rewriting – you seem to be a master of change because you find ways to rewrite yourself out of corners and reinvent in a way that I can't think of any other showrunner that does it on the fly. There are a lot of showrunners that put themselves in corners and then they get, they, they're planted out with the room, right? And they start writing the season, and they get into a corner, and the room breaks it out during the season. They plan the whole thing. You put yourself into a corner and be like, we're winging it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when you're doing that, how much of it do you you plan? How much of it changes? How do you change it? Do you like the the art of changing? It seems like you enjoy putting yourself in those corners and basically being on the fly. um, I'm I'm trying to process it and think i mean look when we make a change from the plan that we have in the season it is usually because when we get to what we were going to do it doesn't feel right so for me like it or not we get there and i'm like i can't do something that just because we came up with it before if it doesn't feel right we can't do it so it's it's really not a question of enjoying it or not which i would say sometimes i enjoy it sometimes i don't um but sometimes i'm like i just can't do this thing. It just doesn't feel right. If I'm going to do this, then then I'm just not, I, I just can't do something that doesn't feel right to me. So for me, that's part of the writing process is adjusting along the way 
to what feels organic and real to the characters as as one sees them. Do you does that come down to the individual episodes as well? Because this is this is rewriting right here. As you get to it, you you think of a thing, you go you're going to attack it from a certain perspective, and then you know you're like, well, this doesn't work. We have to change it. A hundred percent. I'll say you know we're in my office right now, and Meryl is looking at the cards on the board of episodes. And also, you don't use. You don't use index cards. You just no, use pieces we use, of paper. No, those are big, oversized post-its. Oh. So we can take them off and re-stick them on in a different Genius. order. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't come up with that system. Um, but a lot of the writers that work on Suits say they've never actually worked on a show that did that. But it's great. You can pull it off the board, put it back no, on the board. No, you're not left with the tacks and your thumb being exactly. sore. And-, <laughs> and they're much larger if you, if you can see them than index cards. But the thing is... We're in my office, and these are the cards in 805 because we just finished rewriting 805. Um, I think it was yesterday, the day before. So when we are in the room in the beginning of the season, we break out the season with big, broad stroke things. And then within each episode, they try to say, okay, we know we thought <clears throat> you know, something was going to happen in this episode. Now we actually have to figure out the 15 beats of that story, and we're usually telling two or three stories. It adds up to like 34, 35 beats. The A stories are bigger and the B and C stories are smaller if we're doing three. So that happens when they break the episode. Then the writer – then they'll come in. They'll pitch it to me. I'll have um, thoughts. We'll re-break it. The writer will go off on script and then usually when we have read the script um, – <clears throat> in the past, it was sort of me and Dan Arkin were usually doing that. It started with um, – Sean Jablonski, then John Cowan, then Dan Arkin, and this year it's uh, Genevieve Sparling. Um, we'll both read it and we'll say, okay, what do we think? It's it's time to rewrite. We sort of re-break it and rewrite it in my office. So my office sort of is the rewrite room. How many, break, how many breaks actually ha- go into every episode? Great. How many times are you breaking that episode? Great question. Um, it depends on the story, but if it's going well, they break it once. I give thoughts. They break it again. I come in and we fine tune it. So let's say that's three times. And then the writer writes it. And then the last time is in here. We'll rebreak it for the fourth time in here. Now, the amount of rebreaking differs on story to story. Um, but really, once it comes in here, because also by the time it comes in here, oftentimes we've changed the previous story a little bit so that by the time I get it, it's like we usually – most Suits episodes start about 10 seconds after the previous one ended or a day after. Right. So if we've changed something significant in the episode before it, it means we have to change something in the ep- episode after it. I'll go back. I don't remember if we talked about this on the last podcast we did or not. That old one being Artist Alley. This is a whole new show. Yes, different on one. a whole new whole show. Whole new show. Whole new show. Much better show. But but back in season two, right. I remember – this is one of our biggest kind of things that happened. We were breaking episode five and all of a sudden it became apparent that I said Donna would destroy this piece of evidence to save Harvey. This was in the rewrite room. And John Cowan, who at the time was kind of number two, was Ethan Drogan's episode. The three of us were in the room and John Cowan just he, – he almost instinctively says, well, then she should be fired. He was almost pissed off on behalf of the firm that I would you know, pitch that. And then we all looked at each other and we were like, can we do that? We don't even know if we can fire Donna in terms of we know we don't want to fire Sarah. We want to fire Donna. Right. We'll make people love her all the more. And then we thought, well, if we're going to do it, we don't want to bring her back in one episode. We got to make her be gone for a full episode. And then we still wanted to pay the actress. We didn't want to punish her. You did do that. Yeah. Because I'm thinking back to the – because 
we're safe now because this is the finale. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But you – I was so curious about a choice you had made this past season where she resigns. Yes. And then comes back in, within an act. And I was so like – Wait, why isn't that? Why why didn't you play that for a whole episode? Now I'm realizing because you already did. Well, we already did, and also it was a different situation because her resigning immediately. Harvey was the 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 decider this year. He wasn't the guy who decided back then. It was Jessica who decided, so that's why we wanted to. She was fired as opposed to making a choice. And in this season, the choice made Harvey realize, hey, he valued her more than uh, Paula in this particular situation. But anyway, when we did that, that was the thing that once we did that, obviously it changed episode six because we'd had Donna written into six and now she was going to be gone from six mm-hmm. and it rippled. And then seven had to be all about her coming back. We hadn't even envisioned she was going to be leaving. So that's the type of thing that I would say every episode gets rewritten. We change we we change it. I mean, that's I think most shows do that. They may do it earlier in the process. I think you're more open about it and you're more accepting of it. Your Suits is a great example of a show that is very accepting of what television really is, which is you don't plan it. The best television shows in mo- most of them, I guess you could say one or two maybe, but the most television shows are here's my initial concept, I have some big pillars I want to hit. Like Mike had to get caught at some point, right? I'm sure that was a big pillar on the board of For You was one day Mike gets caught. No? I didn't – I don't think that far ahead. So to me, it's more just like – Right. And right there. It's Yeah, it's exactly. When you wing it until it feels like it's the time of, all right, you know what? We've been building it. It's time. Yes. It's it's time. It it kind of – I don't remember what ended up with us realizing Mike should get caught, but we – it – popped into our head and I, I do think it was at the beginning of that season but we were like it's it's time yes it's time but the reason I wasn't like it was definitely a pillar was who knows we could have gotten canceled and then we wouldn't have done it every season but you don't end season but season one does it's not like season one ends on a closed note season no. one ends on a huge cliffhanger of Jessica learning the truth 100% and 100%. it's like so it's like you say that but you banked on the show going. Oh, no doubt. But no, no. But that – we sort of came up with that at the end of season one. Now, I didn't have my official pickup, but it wasn't like in doubt for me at the time. Mm-hmm. And and even – you know, I think a lot of people misunderstood. I knew I had a season eight this year before we shot the finale of season seven. USA hadn't announced it. It wasn't official and we weren't allowed to say it was official for whatever their internal sort of process was. But they had said to to me, we were coming back. All right. This is going to be the bonus topic, but we're here. So okay. we're going to do it here and I'll come up with a different bonus episode. Yeah, but how are we going to make the people pay the extra dollar? Well, that, look, look, I've got- There'll be good stuff. I got other plans. All right, good. Um, <laughs> the season eight finale that exists- Season seven. The season seven finale that exists. Yes. Was how how far into the process were you when you realized it's going to have to be an exit of Megan and and Patrick? And Patrick. Um, that is an excellent question. So I'm trying to remember. I think I, t- uh, I have said it, it, somewhat early on in the season. You know, as. Megan was in a relationship. I, I don't know if any, people know this, but Megan Markle's in a relationship with the Prince Harry. It's, it's under the radar. You probably haven't heard it. Um, but <laughs> once that relationship was um, had lasted a certain amount of time, I and the writers sort of collectively made a decision. I wasn't going to pry into Megan's personal life, um, but I was like, this thing is lasting. I'm going to bank on their 
I was optimistic. They're in love. It's going to work. And in my own head, I'm not seeing Meghan Markle continue on suits if she's marrying a prince. So we decided- It's going to be weird to call her your, hang- your highness. <laughs> I'm could stealing be. that it joke from be. my mutual friend, Dean Lapata. <laughs> not my joke. Just saying. Um, but true. <laughs> but true. Um, but so we decided, hey, I want happy things to happen for her. And I think they will. So likely that this is going to be her last season. So we knew she had to go, but we hadn't thought of how it was going to happen necessarily. We had ideas in our mind, but we were like, the back six, usually we don't even get there till we get there. So we were like, we'll deal with that. Well, when what intrigued me was the ba- I ex- what I expected, because I was like, what I, ex- what I, was, what I w- was hoping would happen, it didn't go down this way. Cause, and I guess it would come down to when you really knew, was I really thought the back six were going to be a real one story buildup to the exit. Them leaving. Like, it would be a six episode arc that ends with we have to leave. Right, right. Well, here is the thing that, anyway, I'll just go back. Also, within there, I think it was June or July. I can't remember the dates. The things get hazy for me when I'm in the season. Patrick, you know, decided to go. He called me, he said he was decided to go. And we had a long, long talk about it. Um, this is so. This is before you. The, so like, was he banking on it too, and was like, "It's right," or was just like, "I want, I'm right." I it's just timed that way. He he made his decision. I mean, look, they were all under contract for through season seven. Right. So so in the course of the season, he he knew he didn't want to you know kind of shaft us and c- come to me with one minute left and say I'm not coming back. Right. So he he had made his decision. He called me. And as I said, we had a long talk about it. I sort of, you know, I wanted to know, are you sure about this? And we talked about it a long time. And I said, look, I just, you know, want to make sure. Selfishly, I'd like to keep you. I'd like to have you on the show. But I also have the ability. I've done it with the writers and and, um, various other people. When they come to decide if they're staying or going, I'm like, look, I can put aside my self-interest and talk to you like I'm your friend and just give you what my take on it was. And I gave him my take. We talked it through and that was the decision he made and I, I totally respected it. So, and, but the one thing we both talked about that night, I was in my house. I have an office in my house that I never use, but I just was there that now, night. Now, were you in, when this conversation happened, you were writing the six or you weren't at the, oh, no, no, no. We the were, back six yet? No, no, okay. no. We were still, I don't even know if we were on eight or nine or something. Yeah, so we both thought the one good thing is it will allow – if they both leave at the same time, it will allow them to have a happy ending and a happy exit. Right. And that was a really positive uh, 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 side benefit to him leaving. I would have chosen for him to stay, but we both thought at least this is a good thing. So then we thought, you know, let's end up having them having them go in a happy ending. What happened was – and then we also the – the spinoff was – I don't remember when it became an absolute that we were going to do it as part of the season, but somehow the idea in my mind gelled. I liked the idea of not seeing it coming that they were going to leave. At the time, I knew people would think Megan was going to go, but I had no idea they were going to definitely announce it and definitely say they were engaged. So part of it was I was hoping. You were hoping. Okay, so you were hoping for a shocker. Shocker. Right. That was the you idea. Were when, on a yes. shocker. So the thing that was really didn't pan out the way I expected. Right. Because everyone knew it was coming. Everybody knew both of them were leaving. Now, if you could go back in time, then would you? Have, if you knew you were going to lose the shocker element, if you knew that going in, would you have done a six episode meteor 
build up to an exit as I opposed d- to it coming up in the second to last episode? You know, I don't know. Uh, because part of it is also, you know, we did have this spinoff that we were go- that we were attempting to do that w- originally they had wanted to do it earlier in the in the in the run of the season, but it took a long time to negotiate, you know, negotiating deals and making sure you're gonna do it takes a while. So I don't I don't know. Um because, you know, I read fan reaction. I'm not immune to it. And I know I think some people thought um, it was not enough time spent on the goodbye or on the wedding. And it, I, I thought to myself, would I go back and do it differently? And I'm, I, I can't know. You know, right. you can't know what you what, you can't know what it's you would the, do. The this the whole thing is to me a fascinating story about the production of a television show and how you have to go with the flow. How of what change of what presents what you what what life presents you hundred there there are there are exigencies that are not in your control right. that that force things and sometimes. I think for what you were handed which was an impossible task which is hey the show's going to continue going but you have to lose the character who the entire show's premise was based around and you have to lose the character that character's love interest who is also a dynamic character on her own as she became over time and it's like you have to lose both of those. And keep the show alive. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, but the thing is, it, what I would say to that is, and, you know, look, we could, by the way, we could have chosen to say, hey, look, let's just end it now. But what I would say is this. The premise and the, and the, uh, of the show was obviously, to me, Harvey and Mike and, and the decision they made. But they'd already, we played the consequences of that decision. That premise sort of already went by the wayside to to get back to what you said earlier about Mike getting arrested and then going to prison and getting out. And then finally he became a lawyer. So now we no longer have a show that is about a guy that is a fraud practicing law. Right. So to have him go with Rachel, to me, what it did was it it, it sort of finished his arc. He ended up leaving to do pro bono work, which is what he always wanted to really do in the first place. Right. And to me, at that point, the show, though they were integral parts of it, um, as as was Jessica, the show itself now has taken on you care about Lewis. You know, you didn't care about Lewis in the pie. Right. He was the bad guy. Um, and there were so many other, you know, you got right. Harvey and, and, and Donna, and now we've got- I'm know. curious about getting into what the show looks like going forward. Obviously, you can't say too much, yeah. but- you know, to me, the finale sets up a show that's no longer about the decision, but it's about the environment of the firm. Hundred percent. You basically, you basically told the origin story for every other lawyer show, like <laughs> right? A normal lawyer show is it's about these people who work at this high, high intense, high profile firm in a big city, yep. right? All you've done is basically you've now you've you're now doing that show. But you've done it by doing an origin story for that show over eight years. Well, but but and we've seen all the history and the backstory of the players and and everything like that. Like you could start this now and do flashbacks, and because every once in a while right. they'll refer to a fraud and they'll refer to these things that if you were starting episode one now you'd be like, whoa, what is this backstory? But I do just want to go back for one second to the would I would I <laughs> would I do it differently? I, honestly, I don't know, but I would say this. Because I did, I'm gonna uh, sort of do some explaining because I heard some, you know, some of the reaction. To me, spending a lot of time in real life, I love going to weddings. I love it, and I tear up a lot. My wife and I love to dance and and go to a wedding. One of our writers got married last year. We had such a great time. But to, in television. I don't want to spend a half an hour at a wedding. I find that sort of um, a falling action, or, or not a dramatic thing. And I think some people 
thought they wanted more goodbyes, but that was my point. To hear the rest of this episode, head on over to patreon.com slash word tetris.